Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're just going to stay in this vein and just see where the Lord takes us. Go with me to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, starting in verse 12. Exodus 24, verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has difficulty, let him go with them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of God was like consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now flipping over to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 1. At this time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think tonight's going to be a little bit different. Tonight I'm going to speak to you. This is my title. It depends. It depends. It depends. We want to go, we want to go deeper with Jesus. We want to go deeper with God. It depends. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's cover this. Let's just stay in this moment. Even after we pray, I don't want you just to sit back. I don't want you to disengage. Thank you, Lord. Be with us. Speak through your word, Lord. We're listening. We're, our hearts are open. Lord, this is not a performance. This is not an entertainment. This is not trying to impress anyone, Lord. We are here to meet with you, to receive from you. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God. Thank. Come on, let's give a hand clap of praise to Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Such a, such a weighty, you can, you can be seated, thank you for standing, such a weighty presence of God in this place. Uh, if you know me, typically I'm a little bit more, let's push, let's shout, but I just feel such a weight of God's presence. And even as we were just discussing between the pastors over here what was happening in the service and keeping track of things, I told Pastor Robbie, he's like, don't worry, this, this is right in alignment with what I was feeling. There was even some things that I was feeling um, if those of you that have ever been involved with, with planning a sermon or a teaching where there's things that you kind of 
want to do or you think you're gonna do, but you have this nagging feeling of, I don't think God's gonna let me do that tonight. And so this is just a confirmation of that. And so what I wanna talk to you about is going deeper in the presence of God. And if you're here tonight, if you're at our deeper service, that means you wanna go deeper. It's very obvious that you're here. If you're watching online, we're thankful that you're here. Go ahead, hit that share button. Come on, somebody. But if you're here, you wanna go deeper in the presence of God. But I think what we have to ask ourselves is what does it mean to go deeper? What, what, what does that actually mean? I've, I've grown up in church all of my life. Uh, the, the, the old joke, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church every day, every night. I grew up in old school church. We had revivals. We had Sunday morning, Sunday school. We had Sunday morning worship service. We had nap, and then we had Sunday evening prayer meeting. Let me, t- let me tell you all this. This is how I grew up. I've shared this with, with Pastor Bobby, I believe, and, and even my wife. I, one of the greatest things of my childhood, the church I grew up in, we had for real prayer meetings. On Sunday evenings before church, there were three prayer rooms, men's prayer room, or four, men's prayer room, women's prayer room, youth prayer room, and kids prayer room. I was in kids ministry, and we were in there, no music, no no, do this, do that. Talk about we're gonna straight up pray until seven o'clock, and then we're gonna go into service, and there's gonna be no, we don't gotta get there. We're already there. We're just, we're going in. That, that's the type of church I grew up in, and, and, but, but this idea of well, let's go deeper, let's go deeper, what does that really mean? You ever heard somebody explaining something like, that's so cool, what does that mean? <laughs> that's how I feel when people talk about crypto to me. They're like, it's the blockchain. I'm like, yeah, I get it. What's that mean? <laughs> it's on a computer, right? Like, what's, what's that mean? And, and so, so does it mean I gotta read the Bible more? Does it mean I've got to pray more? That's great. Those things are great. Does it mean I come to church more? Those things are great. Does it mean I give more? That's great. Do all of those things. But I don't necessarily know if that means you're going deeper in your relationship with God. Because there are lots of people, get this, that come to church that are not saved. There are lots of people that know the Bible probably better than me and you that are not saved. There are lots of people that pray prayers and sing songs and do all these different things that are not in a right standing or not in a good relationship with Jesus. And what can happen is we can get this, this mindset of, I've got, I, got, I got to do more, I've I, I got, I got to push harder, I've got to achieve these things, and this is how I go deeper with God. And some of that comes from a good place. I grew up, I grew up in a... a, a uh, very uh, strict, what, what we would now kind of label as a religious denomination. There was a certain way you dressed, lots of things you couldn't do. It would be easier for me to tell you what I could do versus what I couldn't do. We couldn't do anything, okay? And, and, but, but now that I'm older and I've matured, I've realized that that started from a good place. It started because there were a generation of people that had genuine conviction. They looked at the world around them and they realized, okay, we want to be separate from the world. So we're going to have these convictions and we're going to dress a certain way. We're not going to go certain places. We're not going to watch certain things. We're not going to listen to certain things. But that conviction, generation after generation, went from being a conviction to an obligation. It went from being, I dress this way because I have a conviction and I want to have a better relationship with God to, okay, well, I guess this is just what we do because we're Christians and I don't really get the meaning behind it and I'm kind of mad about it and I talk bad about it, but I'm going to do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's, 
that's not getting you anywhere with God. Well, I, got, I just gotta show up to church. All right, you might as well just stay home if you got that attitude. I'm just kidding, please come. <laughs> but, but the obligation, the convictions can turn into an obligation. It can turn into something that we just have to do. But there are some things that we, we have to do. Let me, let me put it this way. Um, there are some things that we do all the time that we don't look at as an obligation. You don't look at breathing as an obligation. No one has ever said, I need to make time in my schedule to breathe today. I need to make time in my schedule to, to really take in some oxygen. At, at 6.45 in the morning, I'm gonna take a deep breath. And that's gonna last me for the rest of the day. No, because you know you, you have to have air. You have to have oxygen. You have to have food. You have to have water. And if you don't have those things, everything else becomes, becomes minuscule. Everything else becomes unimportant. If you've ever been without oxygen, maybe you've been on the verge of drowning before, or maybe you've been in a situation where you haven't had food or water for an extended amount of time and it's really becoming dangerous, you know that there is nothing else you can think about because you know everything else depends on this one thing. My 401k does not matter if I don't have oxygen. My mortgage payment does not matter if I don't have oxygen. Me getting into a certain university does not matter if I don't have oxygen. Nothing, all, all of the other stuff matter, or, or depends on this one thing. And so what if we started to look at our time with God and, and going into the presence of God instead of looking at it as an obligation or this is something I gotta figure out, this is something I gotta squeeze into my schedule. What if it was like, no, everything else depends on this one thing. Everything else has to shift so this one thing, because nothing else matters if I don't get this one thing. Nothing else matters if I don't get this one thing right with God. If God's presence is not with me, nothing else matters. Everything else is going to fall apart. And inversely, if God's presence is with me, then God's going to figure it all out. I can't remember who exactly said it. It was one of the early church fathers, but... He talked about, I have a lot to do today, so I better pray even longer so that I can get everything I need to get done, done. I'm really overwhelmed right now. Okay, so that means I need to spend more time in God's presence because I can't accomplish this on my own anyways. All the work, all the dealing with the problems, all the tests, all the, all the things depend on my time with God. And so the big picture for tonight is simply this. Going deeper with God means becoming more dependent on God. Going deeper with God means becoming more dependent on God. And I know this goes against every fiber of our being as Americans, as Westerners, because you don't want to be dependent on anyone. I don't want to be dependent on anyone. Come on, I, I, let me speak to all the men in here especially. You don't want to be dependent on anyone. I'm a self-made man. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I, I got this all figured out by myself. If they take it away from me, I'll get it back again by myself. I did it once, I can do it again. Okay, 
love you, but that is not biblical. More power to you. That sounds great on a bumper sticker, but that's not in the Bible. The Bible is saying, hey, actually, you didn't do anything by yourself. No, no, no. don't clap. Don't clap because I'm talking to you. Well, I work, I, work, I work really hard. I know, but you couldn't have done it by yourself. I studied really hard. I know, but you couldn't have done it by yourself. Everything is dependent on how dependent are you on your relationship with God? God doesn't see us as these individuals that are figuring it all out on ourselves. God sees us as children. That's why I said, hey, hey, if you really want to understand the kingdom of God, you have to understand how to be like this little child right here. We're going to talk about Moses in a minute. And, and a lot of us picture, Mo man, Moses, he's leading this great nation. Millions of people going up into the presence of God. Wow, this is amazing. He must be such a great leader. He, no, he wasn't. And even if he was, do you think God Almighty the God of the universe that spoke everything into existence, do you think he sees you as that much better than a little two-year-old that's going to the bathroom on themselves? Not really. Compared to God, we're all pretty much on the same level. But it's a picture of you need to become like a child. Now, why do we need to become like a child? I never really understood this until I became a father. I always hear people talk about God's, God is the Father, Father God, and I have a relationship with my Father. I love my Father. I have a great relationship with Him. But it wasn't until I became a father that I realized, oh, God, that's how you see me. That's how you see my best efforts. That's how you see all my schemes, all my plans, all my trying to figure it out. That's how you see it. Because I have two sons, one that's, one that's about three and a half and one that's about one and a half. And they're cute, they're precious, they're amazing, but they can't figure out anything on their own. My son, my, my, my older son Xander right now, he's, he's very independent, he's very, he's very smart, he's very advanced. I'm so thankful for all these things, but sometimes it's frustrating because I'm like, dude, you are not doing this right. The shoes are on the wrong foot. And he's like... No, I put my shoes on. I'm like, no, I know that, but you did it wrong. And it's going to hurt your feet in about 30 seconds when you stand up. Or you put both of your legs in the same pant leg. And now you're walking around. And he's like, why can't I? Because you got the leg. But then he doesn't want me to help him. And I'm like, but what? All right. Sometimes I'm just like, go ahead. Just go ahead. And that's what God does to you. You get yourself all tied up, and you're like, no, God, I got this. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And God's like, okay, go ahead. I'll let you. Go ahead, little Alex. I'll let you. Go ahead. Let's, let's see how long this one takes. I'm good. I'm, and, th and then we all hit a moment where, okay, God, I need you. Just like Pastor Bobby said on Sunday, and if you didn't hear the message, please go back and listen to his message. God is going to allow you to go deeper in either direction you want to go. God has given us free will. 
So he's going to let you go. But what if instead of waiting until that point of crashing, instead of waiting until that point of we're falling apart, instead of waiting to that point when we're in the, in the jail cell or the divorce court or, or, or we're going to rehab or, or, or we're, we're looking at getting fired because of all the things that are going on in our life, what, what if we just stayed dependent on God? What if instead of waiting until it's all falling apart, if we just said, God, we're going to stay in your presence. We're, we're going to stay in this deep place. The reason I think we don't is I think, just I think, I think we take the glory of God for granted. I think we take the presence of God for granted. When God called Moses to come up to Mount Sinai, you see this beautiful picture. There's a cloud. It looks like a pillar of fire. There's mist. There's, there's haze machines. It's, it's all, it's great. But that presence of God is no different than the presence of God that we've been feeling in this place. But, but because we're humans, if there was a fire in here and there was a cloud in here, we would react a little bit differently. And, and what has happened is we've, we've allowed going deeper with God because it's always there, like the option's always there, right? It's, it's become common. So in the back of our head, we say, well, we could, we could always go there if we want to. Like I can always call out to God if I want to. But when something becomes common, it breeds complacency. When something in your life becomes common, it breeds complacency. You, you can look at this even in your relationships. Some of you, before you got married, you're like, if I could just spend five minutes with her. Woo, if I could just smell that shampoo and perfume. If I, my wife and I, we were long distance for 18 months. There, there were times where I was like, if I could just, for 30 seconds, I would fly across the world for 30 seconds. It's great. And now we see each other every day. And I still, I say the same exact thing today. But her, on the other hand, I don't know. I think she may, be, she may be thinking, I smell your socks now. Your socks didn't quite stink when we were 7,000 miles away from each other. That dirty clothes pile that you always pile up, you could hide that on FaceTime. You can't, you can't hide that in, in real life. Come on, things that come, that, that car you always wanted. We ain't letting nobody eat in this thing. My wonderful mother-in-law, right up here, Miss Ophemia Slavic. Come on, can we give a hand clap for her? She just got a new couch. It's white. And she's got a bunch of grandkids and a dog and a bunch of son-in-laws. I'll just leave it that way. Nobody's eating on that thing. Mimi Love, I love you. I give it about two months. And there's going to be Cheeto dust on that thing. There's going to be animal crackers. We're going to be changing babies on that thing. Because we've gotten used to it now. It's just, it's always there. It's not this special thing anymore. 
And this special access that we have to go deeper in God's presence, this ability that we have to get close to him has led us to just viewing the presence of God as something that's common. Something that's so beautiful that I think when we get to heaven, the, the, the apostles and prophets and disciples, they're going to be like, what was it like to have that access? And we're going to be like, it was pretty good. <laughs> Wednesdays at 7 and Sundays at 12, it was really good. I'm just being salty tonight, y'all. I'm sorry. I love y'all. So in God's eyes, he sees us as, as this child. We have the ability to come into his presence. My children cannot do anything for me. They can love me. They can give me sugars. They can hug me. They can squeal when I walk in the door after work and daddy's home and that's great. But when it really comes down to it, I, I cannot really expect much from them. I, I can't expect them to pay the bills I can't expect them to clean the house. I can't expect them to do any of those things right now. On the other hand, they expect everything of me. At this point in their life, they don't know any different. Now, I know as they get older and, and they get more responsibility, but at this point in their life, they just know if they're hungry, food is going to appear in front of them. It's, it's this magical thing. Drink is going to appear in front of them. It's at some point, they're going to take a bath. It's, it's just going to happen. There, there's going to be clean clothes that come in their room. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're socks. They're tiny little socks that are just, the, pray for me. Their tiny little socks are going to somehow be matched, and we're going to, they're going to have socks, and they're going to go to, that's just what they expect. Again, Jesus is trying to tell us that's our relationship with him. That if we want to go deeper with him, it's not about, man, well, I read this much scripture and I prayed this much. Please do those things. But you can do all those things and still put your trust in yourself. You can do all those things and still be dependent on yourself. You can know all the lines. You can know all the Christianese and still be dependent on yourself. And there's other people out there, you may know two scriptures, but you know that you are utterly and desperately in need of God's presence. That God, I can't do anything without you. I can't make any move without you. So I've got to be dependent on him. And I'm going to give you a few points. I know this is all over the place, but let me give you a few points of areas to be dependent in. For those of you that are like, I need some notes, Pastor Alex. I got you. Here we go. Moses was... Dependent on God for direction. Dependent on God for direction. Moses needed direction his whole life. This dude was, do you ever read the Bible like a real person? Like just take off your Christian hat for a second and let's look at this dude. He was almost killed as a child. He was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter, which if, if you think about that, it sounds great, but think about it for a moment. He's in a, in a very, very uh, ethnically, mono-ethnic culture where they're very careful of who their children marry and different things. One of the Pharaoh's daughters has this adopted child that's another ethnicity that looks different from everybody else, that has a different family than everybody else. So he grows up in a household of you're different, 
We know that, they, that the Pharaoh's daughter loves you, but there's obviously, you're different. You don't fit in with everybody else, Moses. Then he tries to kill, some, kill somebody. Then he flees for his life. Then he gets a job as a shepherd. Then it's like this, this guy is, does not seem to know really what he's doing here. <laughs> he does not have his 10-year plan really laid out very well. Because if he had, he, he should have done this and that. And, and so we can look and say he needed God's direction. He needed God to tell him what to do with Pharaoh. He needed direction once he leaves Egypt. Okay, God, we're leaving. Where do we go? I've got millions of people that are now looking at me. The murderer that has a speech impediment, that is a shepherd. Where are we going, God? He couldn't have figured that out on his own. He was completely dependent on the presence of God to lead him. God, I'm dependent. I, I need you right now. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. A lot of people want, want direction. A lot of people want direction, but they still want to be independent. God, lead me, but I still, if you say go left and I say go right, I'm, I'm still going to have, you know, the authority. You know, I, I'm still going to do what I think is best. Let, let me see what you've got, God. Let, let me see how this Christianity thing works out for a while. And if it goes good, then I'll stick with it. If it doesn't go good, I'm going to go my own direction again. But this says you don't get the direction until you... Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him, then he gives you the direction. So if you're not getting direction, could it be that you are not dependent enough on him? Could it be that you're not trusting in him enough? You're like, God, what am I supposed to do? And he's saying, I would tell you if you would trust me. But I'm not gonna tell you right now because if I tell you right now, I know you're not gonna like it. I know you're not gonna trust me and you're gonna do something else. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now, I, I just felt to say this just briefly for those of you that are like, I feel like I messed up. If you are dependent on God, if you are leaning on God, if you are trusting on God, he will pick you back up again. He will keep you on the right path. Like Pastor Bobby talked about, sometimes you get knocked down, but at least you're one step forward from where you were before. I'm, I'm six foot tall. If I fall forward, I'm six feet closer to the goal than I was before. <laughs> so I fell, but I got closer. I fell, but I'm still moving forward. So the Lord upholds his hand. The second thing that Moses and all of us must be dependent on is we must be dependent on God for protection. God's protection of Moses started when he was a baby. Pharaoh ordered for all of the Hebrew boys to be killed. And Pharaoh's mother put him in a basket. Basket went down the river. Just think about this for a moment, how God's hand had to be on his life even from that moment. That's why all of us, like we think we got here on our, on our own, 
But when you look back at your life, you're like, things, if that one thing would have been different, if that car wreck would have been five inches closer, if that one decision would have gone the other way instead of the way that it went, my life would be completely different right now. And you have to realize that you have been called, you have an anointing. And even if there were times where you weren't following God, I believe that God still had his hand on you. Like Pastor Bobby said, there were some praying moms, some praying grandmas. And even when you were running from God, he still had his hand on you. He was protecting you. There was a, a, there was a protection. He protected him when he ran into the wilderness. He protected him from Pharaoh. I, I just need you to, I, I just, I feel like I can't articulate this well, which my job is to articulate this well. So I feel really frustrated right now. But Moses, he was, an, he was not, he had no clout. He had no authority. And he's going to roll up in Pharaoh's chamber and say, hey, the millions of people that are your workforce right now, your slave labor right now, let them go. He should have been killed right then. Like, who goes to a Pharaoh? Think about this. This is how I describe Egypt at the time. Imagine if, like, the United States, Russia, and China right now were all one country. That's how, that's how Egypt was. So imagine the leader of that country, you coming in and you telling them what to do. Moses, I think you've been out there with them sheep a little too long. I heard you had a burning bush. What kind of bush was that, brother? Don't you just love Riverside where we can make allusions to things like that and be in the spirit at the same time? protection but get this psalm chapter 91 he who does whatever he wants will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god and in him i will trust do whatever i want and then when i get in trouble god is my refuge and my fortress he who dwells in the secret place, who dwells in the deeper place, who dwells in the glory of God, who dwells in the place of prayer and fasting and seeking after God, I will say, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Now when you say that, that doesn't always mean things are gonna be easy. It just means I am trusting in him to take care of it. Even Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. We love to skip over that scripture. I know I do. <laughs> in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So in order to get God's protection, write this down. In order to get protection, you have to dwell in God's presence. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful for the grace of God. But I don't want to stay in a place where I'm always banking on his mercy and his grace. 
I know I can't do anything to earn my place. I know I can't do anything to deserve my place, but I don't want to just say, God, well, you're going to forgive me anyways. There's grace for it anyways. No, I want to make sure that I'm dwelling in the secret place. Two more scriptures just for you to take for yourself if you don't know them. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Notice it says the weapons will be formed. I used to think that that meant nothing. There was never gonna be any sight of a weapon. No, the weapon's gonna be formed. It's just not gonna prosper against you. So Pharaoh is gonna tell Moses, or not tell Moses, Pharaoh is gonna chase after Moses into the wilderness, but the attack's not gonna prosper because God's protecting him. God's giving him direction. God's giving him protection. This is the heritage, the birthright, the legacy, the inheritance. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is for me, says the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse six. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. Are you allowing God to go with you? Are you allowing God to come? Because he wants to go with you, but you can, you can push him off. God, I don't want you to leave me. I don't, I don't want you to guide me right now. Are you saying, God, no, I'm gonna let you lead me into this situation. I know you're not gonna leave me. You're not gonna forsake me. And then the last thing. We're dependent on God for solutions. We must become dependent on God for solutions. Moses, there's no way Moses could have figured all of this out on his own. There's no way Moses could have schemed and come up with this strategy. Let, let's get in a brainstorming session. Let's figure this out. How, Aaron, come on, let's, let's talk about how are we gonna get the children of Israel out of Egypt and then when we get out of Egypt, how are we gonna cross the Red Sea? Are we gonna build a bridge? Are we gonna build boats? Come on, where are our, our, our engineers? Where are our architects? How are we gonna, now, then once we cross the Red Sea, then we're gonna, how are we gonna feed these people? Because this is millions of people that we're talking about. How are we gonna feed them? How are we gonna, how are we gonna give them water? Where are we gonna go to the bathroom? Where are we gonna sleep? How, let's, let's brains, you can't figure that out. And I know that seems so extreme, but how many of us, okay, God, well, I, I, I love you, I trust you, but let me, you know, well, what I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into my boss and I'm gonna say this, and then my boss is gonna say this, and this is how I'm gonna respond, and I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna do this, and well, if that goes wrong, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come over here, and then I, I'm gonna tell this situation, and then I'm gonna buy this thing, and, I, and I, you try to figure it out, there's no way you're gonna be able to figure it out. I love you, you're smart. I don't want to demean you. I don't want to put you down. But there's no way you're going to be able to figure out the things that God has called you to. You can maybe figure out how to be a shepherd. Oh, let me just pause here for a second. What if Moses just would have went back to being a shepherd? When he encountered the presence of God, the burning bush. Hmm. On the mountaintop, it was a consuming fire covering the top of the mountain. 
when he was in the wilderness, it was a bush that was on fire. What if he would have become satisfied with the burning bush? What if he would say, I, guys, you are never gonna believe what happened to me. You're never gonna believe what I experienced. And he could have for the next decades talked about the burning bush. Grandkids, I, I tell you what, back in 84, we had this church service. Come on, when I first got saved, Come on, when that, that one preacher was around, when that one ministry was around, what, what if we settle and what if we stay where we are instead of saying, God, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out in faith and I'm gonna go deeper with you. I wanna go into a deeper place. I want the fire to burn continually. I want it to consume me, God. I don't wanna just stay with the burning bush. I wanna go into the promised land. There's no way he could have figured all of this out. Haley, worship team, you guys can come. Come to me like a child. Come to me like a child. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I just think about my sons, the things that they come up with, their imagination. There's no way they're gonna be able to accomplish those things. There's no, I, I can't say, hey, can you, can you hop in the truck? Can you go to the grocery store for me? Can you? Can you go mow the grass? Xander's getting close. I'm teaching him. He's getting close. <laughs> but there's no way he could do all that. And I know for me, I could tell you story after story after story where I realize I don't have it figured out. I, I, can't, I can't do this on my own. If you can, I'd love to talk with you. But I've hit places where I realize I cannot do this on my own. I cannot figure this out. I can't make the, I can't push hard enough. I can't work hard enough. I can't, I can't put all the pieces together, not by, by might, not by power, but only by the Spirit. Lord, I need your spirit. I'm, I'm utterly and helplessly dependent on you. And maybe you've never hit that point before, but there's moments in your life, maybe it's in a hospital room. Maybe it's you, you hear a verdict. Maybe you, you, you get a certain letter from an attorney and you're like, there is no way I can work this out on my own. I remember when my, my son Major was in the, the NICU for 10 weeks and he had tubes all over his body and, and feeding tubes and, 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 and we, could, we could barely even hold them and, and these different, I am utterly helpless. At that point, it didn't matter if I had all the money in the world. It didn't matter who I was. It didn't matter. It, it didn't matter. I am 
hopeless without God coming through, without depending on God. Let's stand together. This is your first time to Riverside. Please come back. You want to know the secret. Here's the secret. I want to go deeper with God. It all depends on you. It depends on what, Pastor Alex? It depends on you. Doesn't depend on a pastor. Doesn't depend on a certain worship style, a certain note. I've got, I've got to have this song in this key. I've got to have a fast song, a slow song. I've got to have this scripture. I've got, I got to be at this church. I've got to be at this place. I, no, no, no. It just depends on you. Because Jesus is there. I wanted to talk a whole thing about going up to the mountain and how Moses had to go up and, 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 and the significance of that, but, but basically boiled down, Moses had to go up, but Jesus came down. Romans says that while we were still enemies of God, while we were still afar off from God, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus came for us. He's running after you. He, he wants you to come deeper. He, he wants you to go to that place with him. But it just depends on your heart. And it's not this big thing. It's not that you're gonna have to have this crazy lifestyle change. It's just that when you wake up in the morning and you have anxious thoughts like I do, it's in that moment, am I gonna decide, okay, let me think about how am I gonna figure this out today or say, God, I know I can't figure it out. In that moment, making a decision, am I gonna put what I'm, am I depending on me and my abilities or am I depending on God? Man, I just feel the weight of God's presence in here. Let's just raise our hands. Let's get ready to worship. We're about to transition. Come on, there's somebody in here right now you're ready to make a decision to put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you're saved. I'm not necessarily saying for salvation, but maybe there's some Christians in this place where it's time that you really put your full weight in trusting in Jesus. It's time for you to stop living in and out. It's time for you to stop saying, okay, God, I'll trust you with this area, but I, I, I can't have not given you this area yet. No, you need to give them every area. We've already taken up the offering, so I can say this. You need to give them your finances. We're not taking up another offering. I'm just saying you need to give them your finances. You need to give them your marriage. You need to give them your children. The world we live in today, I can't protect my children. I'm gonna do the best I can, but I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the power of God. The world we live in right now, I can't plan for the future. I have to trust in God's economy. I can't trust in this economy. 
I, I, can't, I can't trust in our leaders right now to, to, to lead. And, and I, I pray for them. I bless them. But I can't put my trust in them. If I do, I'm going to wake up every day and have a panic attack. Every time I hear something on the news, my mind's going to go crazy. But I know where my trust is. I know where my hope is. Come on, let's just worship. Come on, lift your hands. I'm going to pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.